The beginning of my morning starts with the rooster's loud crowing, awaking me from my sleep. Rays of sun are peeking through my blinds, casting a soft golden hue on my face. Today, I start my first day as an assistant teacher at the Dunia School for Girls. The prospect of returning to the place that I credit to shaping the person I am now is one I am most excited for. Moving back to Padang Panjang is a decision that has been long overdue. Tired of the rigorous hustle of the big city, along with the constant clash with Dutch authorities over trivial matters, I hope that this teaching position will satisfy my kindled spirit while staying off the radar. The Dinia School for Girls was founded in 1923 by a personal hero of mine, Rahmah El Yunusia. The school's main purpose is to educate young girls to become educators in the home, in the school, and in society, a cause I am very much passionate about. Coming from Minangkabau, the world's largest matriarchal society, means that I am more fortunate in receiving an education than the rest of the women in Indonesia. My matrilineal culture is one that has stood the test of time, first introduced by legendary ancestors Datuak Katumangunguan and Datuak Perpatihnan Sabatang hundreds and thousands of years ago. It has witnessed the fall of kingdoms and the rise of colonialism the growing rift between the kaum muda, our youth, and the kaum tua, our older generation, the widespread growth and reform of Islam. It has always been part of our adat, our way of life, and I did not realize how different our culture was until I learned through correspondence with friends in Java that for them, it is uncommon for the woman to inherit the household, for the woman's brother to be responsible for the children, rather than a husband, or for their husband to move into the wife's house. The school is located not far from my uncle's home, where I am currently residing. I decide to journey by foot, admiring the long stretches of green fields that have yet to be tarnished by crop fields or farmland. The highlands are pleasantly serene, chilly due to the high altitude, but I don't mind the cold. The only noises to be heard are the soft rustling of wind on the trees and the sound of the soles of my shoes scuffling against the gravel on the path below. I walk past various structures and planes until I finally reach the school. I stand there, dumbfounded at the modern building that stands before me. From what I can recall, it has undergone several restorations since I last attended, but I did not expect the changes to be so drastic. What was once a single-story building constructed of wooden pillars and metal panels is now a three-story brick structure with slanted roofs painted a striking navy blue. Rahana, is that really you? I swivel around to come face-to-face with Siti, a former classmate who is now the resident teacher at the Didina School. It is through her that I secured my new position here as assistant teacher. Yes, it's me. I chuckle before getting engulfed in a tight hug. Come, the children would love to see you. They are anxious to meet their new teacher. Walking into the classroom with a bundle of nerves in the pit of my stomach, I am greeted with a dozen pair of eyes watching my every move. 
The girls are seated behind wooden desks that stretched from one side of the room to the other. There are three desks, each row with around six girls, all facing the chalkboard in the front. The chorus of murmurs slowly dies down as I make my way to the front of the room where a desk sits behind the chalkboard. Good morning, everyone. My name is Miss Rohana, and I'm going to be teaching you for the next couple of months. A little about myself, as I mentioned, my name is Rohana. I'm 25 years old, and I was born in Maninjau, a village not too far from here. I actually used to attend the Didinia School for Girls when I was your age. I continued my education at the Tawalib School, and after completing my course there, I moved to Padang, where I became a columnist for the national newspaper Antara. Now, some of you might be wondering, what is a writer doing teaching at a school? Well, I often write as a way of expressing my values and beliefs. My passion and determination manifested at school after listening to my teachers and their perspective on independence from the Dutch, nationalism, Islamic reform, and freedom from colonialism. I'm here hoping that I can do the same and ignite the spark within each and every one of you. I want to show that we, as girls from Minangkabau, are not only meant for being a good wife or mother. Yes, that is a part of our job description, but we are also destined to achieve greater things in life than being the woman of the household. I believe that we all have the ability to represent our culture, our people, and the face of society. I choose to teach here because I want you all to remember that us girls from Minangkabau, we are worth just as much as our male counterparts and just as capable of doing so much more. The day quickly flew by, in between greeting students, meeting other teachers, and finding my way to classes, I barely found a second to breathe. Unused to the constant movement, my body grew weary by noon. My mind, however, ceased to stop buzzing. During each class, hands consistently shut up from behind the desks. My gaze was often met by curious eyes gleaming of sparked interest. Every time I spoke of freeing the country from the clutches of the Dutch and the role they each played in independence, I could feel a jolt of energy and newfound spirit crackling across the room. I wasn't lying when I told students that my reason for being here was to inspire the new generation of nationalists. But what I failed to mention to them is that the Dutch authorities have been scouring for any reason to arrest me since the release of my last article. Truth be told, a small part of me is proud that I managed to scare public officials into seeking me out. However, that meant I had to postpone all my impending articles and express my values in less radical, as explained by the officer who came knocking at my door, format. And if they deem the truth as radical, then I'm counting the days until they bring me in. Under no circumstances will I stop speaking the truth, my truth. The truth of what they are doing to this nation, dividing us and pitting us up against each other. They've succeeded in Minangkaba, setting the old generation against the youth, my latest article critiquing the growing rift and bringing people's attention to the colonial forces behind it. An in-depth analysis on the ongoing feud of culture versus colonists, if I do say so myself. However, the head of the newspaper does not share my sentiments. Fearing the attention from the Dutch, I was rendered jobless within a week of my so-called warning. And so I am left stranded here, though it is not as bad as I thought it to be. Being back here at the school has reminded me so much of why I chose to speak my mind. I have met dozens of bright young minds, all of whom are the next generation of the Minang people. 
future representatives of our culture, and yet their horizons have been restricted by traditional societal values and fear of our country's invaders. These children are the reason why I am risking everything, my career, my livelihood, for the sake of transparency. It is not power I seek, nor fame, or gold. I can only hope for my stories to be shared to the public, both within or outside the borders of our country, so that they may recognize my outcry for freedom and know that one day, our solidarity will triumph above all. It is near the end of day, my entire body is on the brink of collapsing, exhaustion running through my veins. Evening prayers with the kids mark the end of my day, relinquishing me of duties for the rest of the night. Uni Rohana, wait! A voice cries out as I step out of the school gates. Siti, what is the matter? Not a complaint from a student's parent, I hope. I would hate to fail my first day here. No, no, it's nothing of that sort. Actually, I wanted to give you something. I quirk my eyebrows in confusion. Thank you, I don't mean to seem rude, but what exactly is this? It's a collection of letters between a young Javanese woman and her friend in the Netherlands. I remember you mentioning something about writing an article concerning the lives of Javanese Briyayi women. I thought this might be of help. This is wonderful. How did you come across something like this? I ask her whilst barely managing to contain my excitement. I came across it whilst I was cleaning the attic the other day. Who knew that beneath all the cobweb and dust, there was something useful to be found? She remarks. Well, I ought to get going. I hope to see you first thing tomorrow. Have a good night, Siti. The house where I am currently living is incredibly spacious. It is made entirely out of wood and sits around 5 meters above the ground on wide wooden poles. The roof is shaped like a crescent moon, the narrow edge pointing towards the sky on the northern side, slanting down in a slope to curve upwards again on the south. The living residents in the area have yet to be modernized, but the rows of traditional rumah gadangs create an atmosphere that screams of home. Here is a cluster of damp knots tangled all over the place, running my fingers through my midnight black hair to smoothen out my long waves. It stays fastly secured during the day, tucked under my hijab, but when night falls and I'm back home, it is an unruly mess. Slipping onto my bed, I sit cross-legged and place the wooden box on my lap. It looks fairly worn, the brown paint fading over the edges. The sides are engraved with entangled vines and flowers. I gently pry open the lid, the box creaking as I do so. Inside was a stack of envelopes, all brownish from the damp air. Some are addressed to Mefrau Marijke de Rauter of the city of Leiden in Holland. The rest are addressed to Aradin Ayu Ishwara of Jepara, Java. I gently pick up the one on top of the pile, open the envelope where all of the seals were broken. The paper is thin, the entire surface covered in elegant penmanship. I lean against the wall beside me, finding a comfortable position, and begin to read. To Marika de Rauter, June 21st, 1898. I have longed to make the acquaintance of a modern girl. One who is passionate, independent, and makes her way through life with utmost enthusiasm, making her way through life with happiness and content. As far as my thoughts and feelings are concerned, I do not partake of this new era in the Indies, but I am completely involved with my white sisters in the distant West. 
If the laws of my culture would permit it, I would determinedly commit what is left of my life for the work and struggle of the new woman in Europe. But I am ensnared within a tangled web of an ancient tradition, one that cannot be so easily broken. I have faith that one day the wings of my freedom will no longer be bound together, but one day could not come soon enough. It is but a mere speck of dark on the distant endless horizon. Oh, how I envy you and your sisters, whose lives are mine only in dreams. Dreams that are encased within the four walls of my home, my country's laws, customs and traditions, one that I cannot escape. We talk about the progressive society we want to achieve, but how is that possible when our culture hinders progress? I admit, writing these words down to you, I cannot help but feel guilty for my privilege. The chains that bind me are tied to the people whom I love dearly, the country I love dearly. What right do I have to break the hearts of those who have showered me with nothing but love and kindness all my life, and all for the desire that has surged through my every heartbeat for years and more years to come? But it was not only the news brought from the distant, civilized and reborn Europe that has been longing for a change in existing conditions. Since childhood, I have witnessed the conditions and the environment around me. The amount of sorrow brought upon my heart too much for words alone to describe. Nonetheless, that is enough of lamenting for now. But I sincerely apologize in advance. You will hear me express my genuine concerns in more depth in future letters, perhaps. There is little else that occupies my every thought from the moment I wake up till I fall asleep. For now, I must tell you more about myself so that you can make my acquaintance. I am the daughter of the regent of Jabara and have six brothers and three sisters. My father is a great supporter of progressive movement, the first regent of central Java to open up his doors to western civilization. My siblings and I have had the privilege of receiving a European education and most of us have gone through the HBS, the highest institute of learning we have here in the Indies. Two of my older brothers have been studying in the Netherlands, one for three years and the other for two. The rest of my brothers are in the service of the government. As for us girls, as far as education goes, we are not as fortunate as our brothers. It is already a great crime against the customs of our land that we have should be taught at all, and especially that we had to leave the house every day to go to school. Because the adept of our country strictly forbids girls to go outside their houses. We are restricted from leaving for anywhere else. The only educational institution our little town can boast of is a grammar school for Europeans. When I reached the age of 12, I was forced to stay home, shoved into the prison of my own house. No longer allowed to go to school, I do not know how I endured that trying period of my life. But this story is for another time, something for me to share in another letter. For now, I would not like to dwell on my past, but rather the future to come. Please do tell me more about your life in the Netherlands. What sorts of clothes are women permitted to wear in Europe? Literature, I assume, is a big part of Western civilization. Any recommendations for books by Dutch authors are highly appreciated. I will be sure to ask my brothers to find them for me when they come back from their studies. My letter is coming to an end, but I have now just realized that I have not yet revealed my name. It is strange for me to introduce myself not as the regent's daughter, but as my own person. Trivial matters like these I am eager to discuss with you, and so I hope to hear back from you soon. 
As for my name, you can call me Ishwara.